look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back here with Dave and Faisal on News Talk 770 and More Than Money. What about the, um, Faisal, the, the economics of health? What about uh, using, I mean, uh, technology's been a disruptor in every, uh, in every industry. Is there w- some way that technology and virtual health, virtual medicine, um, can improve the quality of care, can drive down costs? What do you think? So can it drive down costs? Maybe. Maybe. What it can do is provide more efficiencies for our rural Albertans, mm-hmm. um, can uh, provide efficiencies for our, our immobile patients around around the city. Uh, it, it can actually add more value and be, not become a disruptor, but more of a, a jump off to better quality. Is what I look at it as. Okay, there's a huge uh, opportunity here. Since you and I don't really know the answer to those questions, <laughs> we should uh, we should ask somebody that maybe does. Right? Hey, we've yo. got we've got Braden Manns joining us today. He's a kidney specialist and a professor in health economics at the Cummings School of Medicine at the U of C. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, so let's maybe just start with a little bit about um, virtual medicine and, and what it is. So what's the definition of virtual medicine? I guess um, there's, a, I mean, there's, there's different types of virtual medicine. There's virtual medicine that has been cropping up privately, mm-hmm. uh, where you can interact with a physician on your mobile device, or you can email them, or you can, you can chat with them about a minor ailment you might have or to ask for a sick note at work or to request a prescription. Um, that all happens outside of what we'd call Medicare. Um, and then, you know, within Medicare, uh, we use what we call telehealth, which is sometimes a video link where somebody, I might see a patient in Drumheller and they're sitting in front of a video screen and I can interact with them and there might be a nurse there that's measured their blood pressure and can report on what their medications are and those types of um, those are the disruptors you're, you're talking about that can assist with getting over some access barriers for people that live really remotely. Mm-hmm. So we're not really ju- we're not just talking about you know the fancy technology and the remote surgeries and those kinds of things this is really everything from a from a phone conversation probably to the latter more complicated and sophisticated uh, procedures would that be fair? Yeah absolutely and I mean over the past 10 years in Alberta and, and other provinces, uh, there's been a move away, um, particularly for specialists, but also for primary care from paying physicians based on fee-for-service, so mm-hmm. a fee every time they see you, to salary. And if you're getting paid by salary, then there's not a necessarily a motivation to bring people into the office to review something, and, and you're often much more comfortable uh, potentially even emailing back and forth with the patient or just calling them on the phone because I've... It's amazing how many times you see a patient in the office and you think to yourself, I've, you had to drive in here, you had to wait in the waiting room, you had to get checked in, and really we could have done all of this by phone. Um, and it would have taken me the same amount of time, but it might have saved you an, an hour or maybe four mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. It also allows individual patients to actually go out and, and express their needs for a prescription refill or for a, a you know a doctor's note or whatever the, the situation may be because there's a lot of people say by the time I get into my doctor it may not be today it might be four days from now two uh, weeks from right. now so if I can get in sh- in a shorter time frame virtually mm-hmm. I'll do it yeah convenience Absolutely. has now become a medical requirement 
Well, these services are cropping up in response to real needs. Um, I mean, and, and sometimes physicians are setting them up based on their interpretation of what patients need, but oftentimes patients are frustrated with their ability to get in to see their family physician or to see a specialist regarding a need that they perceive they they need to get dealt with in the next couple of days. And prescription renewals is a is a classic one where at sometimes we do need to see people mm-hmm. to renew their prescriptions, to measure their blood pressure, to see if they're responding to treatment appropriately, to, to remind them about getting the lab work done. But a lot of times you don't. And the reason that prescription renewals happen in a doctor's office may simply be because that's the model with which the, the physicians are paid and they have office staff they have to cover expenses for, et cetera, et cetera. So, so this is almost like a, um, I mean, if it happened, I, I think some of these interacting with patients by email or by telephone, if it's with your regular physician, those are real time savers, could be, could Im- certainly can improve efficiency, might drive down costs. When these things are set up outside the system, then there's all sorts of concerns that that doctor doesn't really know you very well. Mm-hmm. They don't know what your medical history is. You can get a lot of information just from simply seeing a patient, particularly, you know, one of the reasons why we see people is because patients might think it's minor or they might think it's major, but by seeing them, you can really quickly sort out, is somebody sick or are they not sick? Um, and you don't get that interaction virtually. And if you don't know a patient, um, I can imagine that would be a concern. I, I it, it irks me uh, the the note that you could the notion that you could get a time off work letter um, virtually, um, and it irks me that people are paying out of pocket for these services that actually are funded within, or if they're essential services, they should be funded within Medicare. Um, and so people are paying for what should already be available in many circumstances. So, Brayden, it's safe to say there's some pros and cons for sure. Um, so, what what do you envision virtual care becoming? Um, in, in, Good question. You know, in the delivery of medical services over the course of the next 25 years, as you know, this this demographic continues to put pressure on the medical system. Well, when the healthcare system was set up, let's say after Tommy Douglas in the sort of 70s, typically we were physicians were reacting to acute problems. People were hospitalized for pneumonia. We didn't have medications, by and large, that we used for chronic conditions like high blood pressure and things. Our system has been very slow to adapt to what we're mostly dealing with. Two-thirds of healthcare costs now are for managing people with chronic illnesses. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of preventive medications, some of which are very appropriate, um, some of which aren't necessarily in, in certain situations. And we haven't adapted our healthcare system. And in every other aspect of medicine, the ability to email, um, you know, the ability to do a Skype call, uh, those have infiltrated into many areas. Um, we've been slow in health because of our perceived concerns that patients are would be so worried if an email might be intercepted that, yep. that indicated they had diabetes. And, and actually patients, when we ask them that in surveys, they're much less concerned about that. Now, of course, there are some people that have medical conditions they would want to keep private. Um, but our perception that, that a security breach would be would be disastrous is, is much more exaggerated than what patients actually feel. So I would perceive over the next 25 years that we need to have a much more integrated system. There is a role for seeing a person in your office, but a lot of things could be done virtually 
if the physician knows that patient, particularly if it's for a chronic condition, patients can measure their blood pressure at home. They can tell you how they've responded to a medication if they're feeling well. Those things can be done by phone. That doesn't mean that there wouldn't necessarily be situations where you still need to come in. And obviously, we're going we're gonna to continue to need hospitals. I mean, even within the hospital setting, people are talking about exploring virtual wards mm-hmm. so that you could be discharged earlier, but maybe there's a phone or a Skype conversation that happens every morning um, with a team of, of doctors and nurses to f- find out how the patient is doing on follow-up. And some of those have been tested in, in studies, and I think for the right type of patient population, that might get people out of hospital earlier. Right, and we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you very much for joining us today. You're welcome. Brayden Manns, kidney specialist and a professor in health economics at the Cummings School of Medicine at the U of C. We've got an upcoming seminar on September 26th, which we should remind our listeners about. Yeah, 7 p.m. September 26th. Uh, you need to reserve your seats. Give us a call, 966-8400, 966-8400, or go to our website at morethanmoneyradio.com. And a reminder that you can access any past segments on morethanmoneyradio.com or get them delivered directly to you by searching for More Than Money uh, CHQR on iTunes or in your favorite podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money on Newstalk 770. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.